Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome. I'm so glad you could join us today for this very important show on discussing our children's anxiety about COVID-19. All us parents are going through this right now and our kids are home from school and some of us are working and some of us are not. And we all have this anxiety that seems to be worldwide. But we do need to think about our children, especially at this time, and how they are reacting to all of this news. Joining me is Dr. David Schoenfeld. He's the director of the National Center for School Crisis and Bereavement at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Dr. Schoenfeld, it's never been more important to talk to a guest such as you. Help us to understand what's going on with COVID-19. And is it, as you're seeing, affecting children now as much as adults? Before we get into all the mental aspect, are you seeing that now children are getting affected as well? Well, I think children are affected by something like this, no matter how young they are. Even very young children, even if they don't understand what's going on, a toddler, for example, can still sense when their parent is anxious um, or distant or unavailable to them in the same way they were before. But one of the things I would say is that it probably is affecting adults more than children. So it's great. I'm a pediatrician. We focus on the needs of children. But I, want to make sh- I also want to make sure that adults take care of themselves. Because if they're not taking care of themselves, they really won't be able to take care of the kids in the same way they would like. Well, that's true. And for a little while, we were at least partially spared where kids weren't actually contracting the virus quite as much as older folk. So they seemed spared, but now we're seeing more and more. So parents are getting even more anxious. So first, tell us what we tell our kids about what's going on and how we're trying to hold it all together as we're quarantined. Well, I think the first thing is to recognize that children have probably already heard a great deal. Um, Even if you don't say anything to them, they often have access to social media, Um, They can overhear conversations. They can see what's on television, on the radio, uh, read what's in the newspaper. So I would start, instead of telling them something, I would start by asking them. Ask them what they've heard, what they understand about it, so that you can identify where they may have misinformation or gaps in knowledge or have heard something that was incorrect um, or heard something that was correct and just misunderstood it. And then ask them how they feel about it and what questions and concerns they have. And then take your cues from the children about what they want to and need to hear about. Okay, so that's great advice. So as parents, we take our cues from them. We we let them ask questions. Certainly, we must listen to them. But we're trying to explain things like social distancing, which I don't care if the kid's five or 19. They're not understanding that very well. They're not... Maybe they're understanding it, but they're not handling it as well as we would like because they want to see their friends. They want to hang out with their friends, and they're going a little bit bonkers. What do we tell them about the importance of that aspect of it? Because that one is kind of hard for them to wrap their head around. Well, I think part of it is that kids can understand what social distancing means, and it's just that they're disappointed by the reality. Um, And so... If children say they're disappointed about something, I would 
allow them to own that feeling and help them figure out how to deal with that disappointment. Don't feel that you need to change the rules because you don't want to place your children in harm's way. But you can explain to them that, yes, you really would like to be with your friends. Yes, I wish we could go to the park, but we can't. And so let's figure out what we can do. I think children can understand about germs and that germs can be spread from person to person. And this particular germ can spread through the air if we're within a short distance of someone who's infected. And you explain then that that's why we keep some distance. Um, and I think that children, you know, school-age children can certainly understand that, but they may still be upset about it. So I get it that they understand, but they're not happy about this reality. As parents, what can we do to help their mental health, to keep their, to keep their minds active? Maybe school hasn't started back in e-learning yet. Maybe, you know, we're trying to get them to do something besides sit on TikTok and Instagram, read a book, play a game, but they aren't always as interested. What can we do to keep their minds active, doctor? Sure. Well, I think what you need to do is set up some type of routine in your home. One of the things about crisis is so upsetting is the lack of preparation, lack of consistency, the inability to know what's going to happen. You know, people ask me what's going to happen next, and I said, well, we're not going to know what happens next until it happens um, in terms of this pandemic, and that is so upsetting to people. So what you can't do is change that reality in the world, but you can change it in your in your home. So you know, you may not be able to tell them when they can go to the park next, but you can tell them when they're going to have dinner. You can tell them when you're going to sit down with them and read a story together or where you're going to do something with an adolescent that they would like to do, whether that's draw together, whether it's uh, play a board game, whether it's watch a television show together. Um, so I think what you want to do is create some consistency and predictability within the home to the extent that you can. And when you can't maintain it for a particular reason, let's say you have a business call that had to get scheduled emergently um, and you're not going to be able to do things when you said you would, then you need to tell children ahead of time so that they know that if there are going to be changes that are within your control, you're going to let them know as soon as possible. So then what about, because those are all great ideas and, and advice for us all, but what about the stress now? How can we help them do Things that adults try, meditation or yoga, breathing exercises, any of these things, can we try these with our kids, and have you seen that they work? Yes. There, there are many strategies that you can teach uh, children about how to deal with their distress. I think first what we need to do is acknowledge that that stress is there, not just in the children but also in the adults. And then you have to model some of the coping strategies and approaches that you use. There's a tendency for us to try and tell children, you know, you shouldn't be worried. You shouldn't be stressed. But if that's what you say, then you're not helping them deal with those, with those feelings and those concerns. So start by kind of sharing that these are some of the strategies that we use as adults, um, and then maybe we can learn them or practice them together. So the strategies would include things like reading or hobbies that promote what we call healthy distraction. Alcohol and drugs are distracting, but they're not healthy distractions. Talking to others, journaling, writing out your thoughts or blogging, or art and music are ways to promote expression of your feelings. You can appropriately use respectful humor, so listening to um, a stand-up comedian um, on a show or a, a movie that's a comedy can also be useful. Um, 
you were talking some about relaxation techniques and mindfulness, and that can be taught even to very young children. You know, some of the deep breathing exercises and meditation. There's also more advanced uh, techniques like self-hypnosis and guided imagery, um, and even cognitive behavioral techniques that can be used. These are best learned when people are not anxious because they require practice and coaching, but the basic skills can be taught to children even in the midst of a pandemic, and they can be learned as well. So share all of those strategy and approaches that you use um, and give them a toolkit so they know what they can use when you're not there practicing it with them. Since we're seeing our kids so much and we're all together, you know, when do we worry, Dr. Schoenfeld? When do we call our pediatrician and possibly do a telehealth visit or a mental health professional? When do we worry that our children, there's guidelines and parameters that we've heard about, school avoidance and things for normal times, but these are not normal times. So what should we look for to, to signal that our kids are not handling this very well? Well, you know, one of the challenges is that there's limitations in even these telehealth uh, resources, and they're just starting to come up. But I would, I would start out with the ones that seem most concerning. So if your child is seriously depressed or thinking of harming themselves, that remains an emergency. Um, if they're so anxious that they're having difficulty eating or sleeping, or they have um, concerns about their physical health, even if you don't believe that they're based on physical need, if they're based on emotional need, that's also something that uh, requires some attention. So I would look for really difficulty in uh, their day-to-day functioning, and what they you know, need to do at home is limited, and if they're having trouble with that, that's when I would speak to someone to get some advice. That's great information. So to wrap up, Give us your best advice. I mean, this is, you are a consummate expert in this as director of the National Center for School Crisis and Bereavement. Tell us a little bit about what you want us to know about these unprecedented times we're living in and our children, whether they're little guys or teens and, and tweens and in between, and what we should tell them how parents can take care of themselves so that we can take care of our children and how we all work together as a cohesive unit. When we're quarantined, when we're self-isolating and stuck together and kids are worried that we're going to get sick because I know my own kids are terrified about that. So give us your best advice, Dr. Schoenfeld. Sure. The first thing is to recognize that this is a very unusual circumstance and change your expectations for what you're going to accomplish. Um, You're not going to be able to do everything you did before, and you're not going to do it as well. So figure out what's really important and do that. Um, Don't expect your children to have the same um, academic productivity during this time period, and don't expect yourself as a parent to be able to do all the things that you think a parent should do every day. Some of them are unrealistic to begin with, but we definitely need to scale back what our expectations are. Then be patient, be intolerant, patient of your child, patient for yourself. We, we have to recognize that when people are highly distressed, they often act less mature. They can become irritable, inflexible, intolerant of change, uh, very sensitive about what's said, angry, um, and they often become very self-centered. People, when they're highly distressed, think of themselves first before they're able to think of the needs of others. So recognize that if your child appears disinterested, angry, is you know, complaining about the fact that a vacation has to be rescheduled when there's much worse 
outcomes for people just down the block, recognize that that might be a sign that your child really needs your support, and then give yourself um, some encouragement that you know what to do. We don't know everything to do, but that doesn't mean we know nothing. So use the strategies that you've used to provide support, assistance to your children in good times, and a lot of those are just as important now, if not more so. But also recognize sometimes you're going to be frustrated, and that's okay. Well, thank you for saying that, Dr. Schoenfeld, because I'm one of those parents going through exactly what you're saying. And when we're all stuck here together, it's a challenge. But it's also parents can be a time to reflect with your kids. It can be a time to play chess. It can be a time to show them all those movies that you watched that they've never had time to watch. It can be a time to read or listen to an audio book together. There's so many ways and things that we can do together as families to bring ourselves into a place where we are feeling a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more calm, and talking to our kids, keeping those lines of communication open, our essential at this time, but at really all the time. Thank you so much, Dr. Schoenfeld, for joining us. You're listening to Healthy Children. Our experts are all provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. Please share this very important show with your friends and your family on social media, because that way we're all learning from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics together. They are the gold standard for our pediatricians, and right now they are on the front lines helping to keep our children safe. So please share this show, rate and review, subscribe to us on all those different places where podcasts are played, and thank you so much for listening. I'm Melanie Cole, and stay well.